Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, <clears throat> let us go into the house of the Lord. Just greet somebody next to you and tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord this morning. <clears throat> Amen. That song that we sang as we were worshiping, saying, you are faithful, O Lord, you are faithful. As we were singing it, <clears throat> I was also reflecting on the faithfulness of God that I've seen throughout my life. Do you remember moments when it looked like there was no way out and God has been faithful? He always made a way. You remember the moments when you were sick? God has been faithful, you are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. You remember the moments when you were in a corner, and it wasn't as if you will reach this day, but you are here today. You can shake the hand of somebody next to you, says you are sitting next to a testimony. Amen. The fact that you are here today is a testimony. Because God is faithful. Amen. So, when you say God is faithful, it means he can be depended upon. Amen. So, whatever you are trusting God for, know that he is dependable. He is faithful. Amen. He is faithful. So, what I'm going to share with you today is along those lines... Because I just want you to reflect on our walk with the Lord, the walk of faith. It's very easy to say we believe God or we believe the word of God or we have faith. But we really see if you have faith when your, bags, your back is against the wall. Isn't it? It's very easy to say I have faith, I believe God. You remember somewhere the Bible says <coughs> James like putting controversial statements. He said, <clears throat> when you say you believe, even demons believe and they even tremble. So that's not enough. We want to see you acting on the word that you believe. Amen. We all have opportunity to use our faith. So when a challenge comes along your way, see it as an opportunity to exercise your faith. Amen. Never miss an opportunity to exercise your faith. Amen. Because some of you, when challenges come, you are scared of challenges. But that's an opportunity to see what God can do. Amen. As we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, I'll introduce to you the <coughs> title for the message today. Going to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, we'll do it in the Amplified. Chapter 11 talks about the people who went ahead of us, and they were people of faith. If you go through chapter 11, say, by faith so and so did this, by faith so and so did this, by faith so and so did this. Meaning, had they not exercised faith, they would not have achieved what they achieved. Amen. There is no coincidence in the life of a Christian. Amen? It's by design. As you exercise your faith, as you speak your destiny, 
and you speak your future now and future when future comes people will speak like peter said behold the fig tree that you cursed is withered away so jesus speaks something and when it comes to pass other people are wondering but he didn't wonder so also for you you can speak your future now amen we all want a good future isn't it and do you know that god already said his plan is to give you a good and an expected future so your desire is in line with what god has already said you just need to declare it so hebrews chapter 12 1 to 2 in the amplified read it for us <clears throat> Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses we have borne testimony to the truth Okay so he says we are surrounded so in chapter 11 he listed a lot of witnesses Okay so it means the faith thing you are not the first one exercising faith Did you know that the word of God is real as it is even before getting somebody's testimony but you get more encouraged when you see others also have gone through this journey and overcame Amen. So when he says by faith so and so did this. So when you are in a similar situation you can say God you did it that time and you can do it again. Amen. Amen. We we'll look at those. That's why even when you give your testimony when the Lord has done something for you testify and say the Lord has done this to me. Amen. The Lord has done this for me. Amen. Amen. So that others may be encouraged. So he says they are bearing testimony for us to the truth. Mhm. Mm Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, <coughs> deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence to the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So there is a race that's set before you. You know, we like saying, "There is a race that I must run." There are victories. I like that song because there are victories. Amen. He doesn't see that as obstacles. He says there are victories to be won. There is a prize here. Amen. Like when David saw Goliath, he said, "What shall be given? What shall be done to somebody who kills this uncircumcised Philistine and take away the reproach from people of God?" Amen. There is a race set before us. and we need to run this race each one of us is like you are in a track field you've got your own lane keep your lane amen, amen. keep your lane keep running the race that's set before you the problem with most people is that they are looking at other people's lanes keep your lane amen, amen. and when you've got those obstacles it says take off all the ways that will so easily beset you there are some things that will pull you back put them off don't allow also sin in your life it will hinder you you won't run this race well continue looking away from all that will distract but to jesus i like that in other words don't focus on things that will distract your move in faith focus on Jesus. Amen. In other words, if God has said something, 
And my situation is saying something. I'm not going to focus on my situation. I'm going to focus on the Lord. Because he's well able to do what he promised that he will do. Amen. Amen. Who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief. And it's also the, its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So this is how Jesus did it. When he went through the cross, he wasn't concentrating on the cross. He was looking at the joy that was set before him. That's why he was able to endure the cross. Some of you are struggling to endure the cross because you are focusing on the cross. You need to focus on the greater goal ahead of you. You say, I'm going there. I may not be there yet, but that's my destiny. This is where I'm going. And you speak it for yourself. Amen. Don't keep on blaming others and waiting for others to speak it for you. Speak your destiny yourself. And for the joy that's set ahead of you, even if you may be going through difficulties now, just know that it's passing. I know where I'm going. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's my destiny. And I'm going to keep on declaring my destiny. Now, as you go to the book of Matthew, chapter 14, we'll do it in the Amplified. So I just want to say to you, today I want to talk with you about faith being Faith as acting on the word of God. Faith is acting on the word of God. You've got many definitions of faith. But I want us today to look at faith as acting on the word. Amen. It's very easy. You guys, you are taught the word every day, every Sunday. You're receiving the word. You're receiving the word. But are you using the word that you hear? Do you have something to show forth for your faith? Because the promises of God are always yes and amen. The promises of God are not yes and no. You know there are people, you know the other version of people, the modern scholars. There is a version which says, it's not there in the Bible, it's people's version. God has got three ways of answering. He can say yes. He can say no. He can say wait. And I looked throughout the Bible, I never found such a verse. The verse I find is, the promises of God are always yes and amen. So the problem is, if you do not know what God has said, that's why you will live a guessing life. It may be a yes, it may be a no, it may be wait. But if God has already said, why can't you just say, the promises of God are yes and amen. He said this. And Father, I'm trusting you for what you said. Amen. Amen. That's why if you do not know what God has said, you will struggle in your walk of faith. You are going to be influenced by what people say instead of what God says. Now, let's go to this Matthew. Now you will see. I will take you through several scriptures so that you may understand when you want to start exercising your faith, have a word to stand on. Do you know that there are people who say, I have faith, I'm believing God, but they don't have any word that they are standing on. Amen? Faith is not 
taking chances. Okay? You don't try as if you are throwing the dice, it may be head or tail. No. Faith is when you know what God has said and you stand on it. And your situation sometimes will tell you it is not so, but you say it is written. Amen? If it is written, the scriptures cannot be repealed. Amen? The Lord wants to confirm his word. Now look at this. Matthew 14, 25 to 32 in the Amplified. Let's see how Peter exercised his faith. And in the fourth watch, between 3 and 6 a.m. of that night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Okay. Firstly, look at Jesus walking on the sea. We all know that the sea, it's water, isn't it? And you, As a human being, you can't walk on water. Are we all there? Scientists will tell you you can't. We also know you can't. Okay? So, faith sometimes doesn't make sense. And it's fine. That's why it is called faith. So, he comes to them walking on the sea. Uh -huh. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. Okay. <laughs> why did they say it is a ghost? We believe that ghosts are spirits, isn't it? So a spirit can't sink. So the fact that he's walking on the sea, he probably is a ghost. It can't be Jesus. Because if he was flesh and blood like us, he would be sinking. That's what their minds were telling them. Continue. And they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, Take courage. I am. Stop being afraid. Amen. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I like that. Other translation says, Lord, if it is you, speak a word. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Why wouldn't Peter just say, if it is you, I'm coming? Did you see that? Peter didn't say, if it is you, I'm coming. He says, if it is you, speak a word, and I will stand on that word, and I will come to you. Amen? Amen? So, whatever you are trusting God for, have a word for it. Whether it's the written word, which is the logos, which is there in your Bible, or the spoken word where the Lord has revealed something in your heart, and he has told you something. Amen? So, you are saying, Lord, give me a word. That I can stand on. And look. Mm -hmm. He said, come. Okay. <laughs> okay. Imagine this. Why didn't Jesus say, look at me. Why didn't Jesus just. There would not have been a word. He says, give me a word that I can stand on. And Jesus said, Come. So that was the word that Peter was going to stand on. And look at how he does it. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And he came toward Jesus. So it means Peter now, 
You see, when you use faith, you become like a supernatural being. So the other disciples were supposed to say, Peter is also a ghost. Isn't it? Yeah, because why did they think that Jesus was a ghost? Because no human being can walk on water like that. So, now Peter is in that supernatural state. By the way, remind your neighbor, as a faith person, you are a supernatural being. Amen. Because imagine walking on the sea, on the water. Okay. I used to like giving this example. If Jesus said, come, and Peter thought, by the way, this is a sea. If I go out here and I can't, the water cannot carry me, then I will drown. And then he did this. Do you think the water would be hard enough for him to stand on? No. Once you start doing this, you can as well go back to the boat. <laughs> Amen. Because some of you, when you exercise your faith, you want to depend on your senses and your feelings to see if it's working. And the devil will discourage you. So you will do this and realize that, oh, this thing won't work. But look at what Peter did. Just repeat. So Peter got out of the boat. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. So Peter just did like this. When Jesus said, come. Just went. Childlike faith. Amen. Amen. So the scientists would still be wondering. Isn't it? How do you walk on the water? It's only by faith. So let's see. He's walking on the water now, going to Jesus. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me from death. You see? So, why didn't he sink when he got out of the boat? Because he was walking on faith. He was walking on the word. He was focusing on Jesus. And when he started looking at the circumstances, when he started looking at the wind, when he started feeling it says when he perceived and felt the wind. So you can see feeling, seeing. Those are senses, isn't it? When he started going to the sense realm, he began to sink. Amen? So if you want your faith to be strong, keep focusing your attention on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Keep focusing on the word and not on the wind. Amen? Winds will blow. Winds will blow. But look at this. The devil tricks people. What do you think? Do you think if it's windy or it's not windy, does it matter about you sinking? Because Jesus was not floating. Uh, Paul was not walking on water because it was not windy. Isn't it? Whether it's windy or calm, if you walk on water, you will sink. So it means it was his faith on the word that was carrying him through. 
So the wind should not have really moved him. And most of you, you are moved by winds unnecessarily. That's why Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of his majesty on high. So faith is that acting on the word. Amen? Amen. Even when it doesn't make sense. Because faith is not sense. How many of you have ever heard the words be realistic? I have too. Amen? So when you are exercising your faith, so imagine you were with Peter in the boat. And Peter says, Jesus said, spoke a word that I must come. I'm going to Jesus. How are you going to react? Peter, be realistic. Peter, be realistic. But once you, if you are realistic, you are going to remain with natural results. But if you walk by faith, you will get supernatural results. Amen. Amen. Where there seems to be no way, you see God making a way. Continue, complete it. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and caught and held him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. You see how tricky the devil is. Why does the wind just cease now when they get into the boat? So this wind was just designed to test Peter's faith. Because now when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. But he says, as he was sinking, he says, Lord, help me. And Jesus reached out his hand, took him up and he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So, do you know why Jesus says, Jesus used to like these terms. There was another term called, you have no faith. It means you don't even start. You remember there are places where Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? But at least for Peter here, he says, oh, you of little faith, you started, but why did you doubt along the way? But I like Jesus to talk like he talked to the woman with the issue of blood. Oh, woman, great is your faith. So it means you can have no faith, you can have little faith, but you can also have great faith. And it's not up to Jesus, it's up to you. Amen. Amen. So it means even when we are seated here, there are those with no faith, and those with little faith, and those with great faith. It's not up to Jesus, it's up to you. Amen. So let's look at another example in the book of John chapter 9. We'll do it in the Amplified also. John chapter 9, verse 1 to 7. This one, I want to see how, I want this to be an example to guide us when you want to get healed. Okay, I'll take two examples that you can use to get healed. How you believe God when you are trusting God for healing. Okay? We know that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus we were healed, isn't it? It's already done. So when sickness comes, I'm not going to look at sickness. I'm going to look at the word. And keep on declaring what God has said. Amen. And I say I'm not moved by sight, but I'm moved by faith. I'm moved by what God has said. Now, John chapter 9 verse 1 to 7. 
as he passed along, he noticed a man blind from his birth. So if this man was blind from his birth, it means he was blind for many, many years. Because now he was a man. So you grew up like that. So that situation, you would have said, it's impossible, isn't it? Hmm. He was blind from his death. Okay, continue. From his birth. Mm -hmm. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? Do you know how people usually look at circumstances? They always look at who to blame. Hmm? Who sinned that this man was born blind? Is it his parents? Or is it him? What, what happened? Who sinned that he was born blind? Look at how Jesus answers. Jesus answered, It was not that this man or his parents sinned, but he was born blind in order that the workings of God should be manifested, displayed, and illustrated in him. I like that. So when you see a situation that seems to be out of hand, instead of analyzing how did it go wrong, see it as an opportunity to display, to illustrate the works of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He says, this happened so that the workings of God should be manifested, displayed, illustrated. Amen. Some of you know. If somebody wants to give you an illustration, says, let me illustrate this for you. Okay? Let me illustrate faith for you. Let me demonstrate faith for you. This is an opportunity. So Jesus was actually seeing that man who was blind as an opportunity to see what God can do to change that situation. The disciples are asking who sinned because even if you say it's his parents or it's him, does that help him to get healed? It doesn't. And many a times we are delayed because we are still looking at reasons. Why is this thing like this? Why is this thing like this? Instead of displaying, instead of illustrating, instead of manifesting the works of Jesus. By the way, God still wants to do his works through us. Just like he did his works through Jesus when he was on the earth. So repeat that. Verse 3, and then continue. <clears throat> Jesus answered, It was not that this man or his parents sinned, but he was born blind in order that the works of God should be manifested, displayed, and illustrated in him. Okay. I thought we will pass it, but every time when you want to pass it, something comes in my spirit. Mm. When you see any situation, whether maybe somebody sick in your home, Okay? Instead of analyzing how are they getting sick, what happened, what is the temperature, what is this, what about this, what about that, see it as an opportunity to demonstrate, to manifest, to display, to illustrate the works of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Pray. Speak a word. Continue. We must work the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming on when no man can work. So Jesus saw this as an opportunity to work and do something. 
Okay? We all have opportunities to let our faith work. Some of you are believing God. Whatever you believe in God for, that's your project of faith. Amen? That's your project of faith. Let work be done. Let faith work for you. Mm -hmm. As long as I am in the world, I am the world's light. Mm. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay or mud with his saliva, and he spread it as ointment on the man's eyes. Okay. When somebody doesn't see, if you are going to add mud, even for a person who sees, if we spray, if we take mud, we take dust, and then do this to you, you may not even see you who were seeing before. Now you get somebody who doesn't see, you muddy them more. This doesn't make sense to me. But look. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. I want you to look at this. I see the faith of two people here. I see the faith of Jesus, but I also see the faith of this man. There are times sometimes when you have to pray for somebody using your faith, but they also need to have faith. Amen. If it's a child, then it's fine. I, pr I believe for you throughout. But if you are an adult, I need your faith to join my faith. Amen. So after Jesus had put that mud on him, he said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So if it were some of you, you would think, Jesus, you made me dirty and you say I must go and wash. And if it was modern South Africa, this would have been in the news. Isn't it? You are abusing somebody who is disabled. You're putting mud on their eyes and you're taking advantage of them. But this man realized Jesus knows best. If he puts this on me and he says, I must go and wash and I will see, let me go. He went, he washed, and he saw. Simple as that. You know, many people say as simple as A, B, C. But I think it's as simple as doing what God said, man. Amen? As simple. Just do it plain, like that. No complications, no tricks. People like difficult things. When you give them simple things, we say meditate on the word day and night, speak the word, confess the word, people are not happy with that. Do you know that some of you, when you want protection, you come, we pray for you, we say, take the word, take Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my God in whom I trust. Surely he delivers me from the snare of the fowl and from the noisome pestilence. Amen. He has given his angels charge over me. To protect me in all my ways. A thousand may fall on my side and ten thousand on the other side. It will not come near me. You don't want that. You want us to give you something. Either to wrap around your waist. Or even a bottle of water like this. And then you will be protected. Drink the water man. Don't believe it for protection. <laughs> Amen. Just drink it. And believe the word. It's more easier. People want difficult things. 
But if you look throughout the Bible, those who had a childlike faith got their results. And those who tried to reason missed the mark. Let's go to this example. Let's contrast this with the story of Naaman in 2 Kings. We'll do it in the NIV now. 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1. I want you now to look at a different, even in Naaman's case was a healing case, just like the blind man, it was a healing case. So it means for you also, when you are feeling sick in your body, just believe the word. Just speak what God has said. If somebody is near you who believes, say, lay hands on me. Because the Bible says, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. I believe when you lay hands on me, I'll be healed. The Bible also says, if any among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them come and anoint him that he may be healed. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. So you come here, we say we want to pray for you, we pray for you, and you get healed. As simple as that. Don't complicate things. Do like that man who was born blind. But look at Naaman. You see the other issue. Many people who miss the things of faith are people who think they are intellectually, um, yeah, the intellectuals of, of our days. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 11, before he came to that verse, that 28, that says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Up there he says, Father, I thank you that you have revealed your word to the simple, but you have hidden it from the wise. So those who think they are wise, they miss the mark. But those who just believe what he said, they get it. So for me, I'll just believe like, have a childlike faith. It's not that we are not learned, we are not educated. We are educated. If we were to give you our credentials, you would be surprised. But those credentials count for nothing when you are facing the devil. Okay? Only what is written works. Amen. So read it. Second Kings 5 one, from verse 1. Now, Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Okay, I want us to, to go through this together. Let's all say Naaman was a great man. Naaman was a great man. But he had leprosy. But he had leprosy. Okay. Sometimes there are some things that your greatness will not help you with. This man was a great man. He was highly regarded, but he had leprosy. Why does the Bible say that? That's why I liked it in the NIV. Because it says, despite all the things we told you, he had leprosy. Amen. So, there may be areas where people regard you highly. Do you know that when we are here, all of us, we all look like great people, like Naaman. But what is your leprosy? What is that point of your weakness which you can't, you can't deal with it yourself? You need the Lord. Amen? Naaman was a great man, but he had leprosy. 
He was highly regarded, but he had leprosy. Some of you will look at you and we think everything is fine. But you know what is your leprosy. You know what is that point that's always dragging you down. That you can't resolve on your own where you say, I need God. Amen. He was a great man, but he had leprosy. Continue. Now, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master will see the prophet who is in Samaria, he will cure him of his leprosy. So this girl had faith. Eh? She said, If my master could only just go and see the man of God in Samaria, he would be cured of his leprosy. As simple as that. Continue. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel has said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. Okay, when so the king of Israel of Samaria was surprised. Who can cure a person of leprosy? This is an impossible task. The king of Syria just wants something he can fight with me on. But look at the man of God. When, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your, your, your robes? Have the, man come to, have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say to him, Go, wash yourself. Okay. When you hear the words, go, wash, what do you remember? Don't you remember the same words that were spoken to the blind man? Mm. Yeah, Jesus said, go, wash yourself. Now, Naaman gets exactly the same words. Go, wash. Instead of Naaman just going and washing, look at what the intellectuals do. He says, go, wash yourself. Uh -huh. Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. You see, Naaman already had a formula through which God should help him. Tell your neighbor, don't prescribe for God. Amen. Because some of you already think, hey, I'm trusting God for this. I'm trusting God for this. If he can just make that one go there and this one does this and this one no, don't prescribe for him. Just trust God for what you are believing for. How he does it, that's his business. Amen. 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 
Because how God does it, we don't know, but we just know he does it. You remember when Peter wanted money for tax? Yeah, when Jesus anticipated that this man is looking for money for tax, he said the money for tax, you will get it from the mouth of a fish. So if you have memorized that for you to get money, you must sell the fish, you are going to miss your miracle. So now here he says, go wash. He says, I thought this man would come and stand and call on the name because I think the way that <laughs> the man of God did it here, he actually wasn't respecting the, the status of Naaman. Because imagine they say somebody, an international person has come to your house. Somebody from that country. And this guy, by the way, he was the leader of the army. So he was the guy who was actually taking out everything. So Mr. Majambe, he was the Chiwenga. <laughs> Amen. And now the general comes to your house and he wants to be healed. Some of you would have bowed before the general before you prayed for the general. The man of God says, tell him to go and wash in the river Jordan seven times. Then the man was angry. Because people are used to formulas. Hmm? That's why personally, I don't like seven steps too. I say me. I didn't say the steps don't work. I say as for me, I don't like seven steps too. Okay? Because God is God. When you are counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, God can count six, seven. Amen. Or he can count one, eight. Amen. Continue. And not Abana and Papa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. So I want to ask you a question. The reasoning of Naaman, was it helping him to be healed? Okay. Can I ask you the same question? Does your reasoning help you to be healed? So why do you reason when sickness attacks you? Huh? Because you try to think, how, how, how does just laying hands on the sick, how does it work? Somebody just laying hands on me. Oh, pastor, you say I must just speak this word. Is this psychology? How does it work? If God says it works that way, it works that way. How it works, I don't know. All I know is it works. And I'm a witness. Like when the Hebrews, when we read, looking at these witnesses, the many witnesses that have gone before us, I'm also a witness that God is faithful. What he has said, he's able also to perform. Mm -hmm. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do, this, to do some great thing, will you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, Wash and be cleansed. Okay. So he says, but what is difficult here? Okay. Can I ask you also the same question? Those of you who need healing, if I say, those of you who need healing, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to speak a word over you. Some of you think, but pastor, are you not going to give us something? Because you are used to, be, to being given things. We will give you the word. Because the owner of the word is the one who must fulfill it in your life. Amen. He says you have seen correctly, for I'm watching over my word 
to fulfill it. Now, Naaman wants things to be done in a certain way. Now, his servant says, but this is not difficult, my, my master. Why don't you just do what the man of God told you? Now, look, continue. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Oh. You see how faith works. Just do what you are told to do. Tell your neighbor, just do what the word says you must do. It doesn't have to make sense to you. Just do it. You remember the mother of Jesus? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And some of us, you see that song when we're saying you are faithful, O Lord, you are faithful, O Lord. I was even reflecting on some of the things where I've seen the faithfulness of God. Amen. Just by standing on his word. And he has been faithful. And he will keep on being faithful. And I want you to join this life of faith where we can trust God for his faithfulness. Okay. Now we talked about healing. There are many scriptures. But I just want to show you some people believing God and some doubting. But ultimately, you get it when you believe. Let's talk about protection or safety along the way. Okay? Did you know that the days we are living in, we are living in a time when people hear a lot of dangerous things. Okay? Some of us are even afraid to even drive your car. Because you're thinking, the horrible accidents I'm seeing, it looks like I may be killed any moment. Okay? You hear about the terror attacks. You hear about how many people are raped. And it's all things that are happening around us. Okay? Now, if God says, he has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. He said, a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand on the other side, but it will not come near me. So I've got to focus on that. I've got to take that word, take that promise in the midst of of all the things that are happening around us. Amen? And believe God. I have a word to stand on. When Peter said, give me a word, and he said, come, he went on that word. When Jesus said, go, wash, he went on that word. When the man of God said, go, wash, in the river Jordan seven times, at the end, he went on that word, and it worked. So I'm saying to you, that word, just stand on that word. You know the word about protection. Take that word and live with it. Now look at this. Ezra chapter 8. We'll do it in the New King James. Ezra chapter 8. This one blesses my heart because <laughs> I look at Ezra. I knew Ezra more as somebody who rebuilt and he was a builder, building, helping people. He was a scribe of the day, but he helped people to rebuild the house of God. And those of you who are excited about us going to build the house of God, I believe we are all excited about that. Amen. Amen. So, but for now, I just want to talk about the faith of Ezra. Because he did something here that I think I liked. I would have done it that way. Look at this. From verse 21 to 23. It was the time when they had to move from Babylon to Jerusalem to go and work on the house of God. But along the way, 
other translations took use the word bandits. So they were so if it were modern terms, I would say they were thugs along the way who could rob them and even kill them. Okay? Now imagine you have to take such a trip. Okay? So this should help us even when you are going to undertake a trip with your car. Use verses like this one. Look at this. Ezra 8, 21 to 23, New King James. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. So he says, as we were going, I felt we needed the face of God because I really was afraid of what would be happening along the way. We've heard of all these bad things. Okay? But look at verse 22. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road because we had spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon all those, all those for good. The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. Okay. I want you to listen to this. You want to go somewhere Especially, I think what came to his mind, because why did he write it? So he probably thought, can't we just ask the king to give us soldiers to protect us on the way? Huh? Can't we just have some security guards to go with us? Can't we just ask some people to escort us and protect us? That's what he was thinking as a human being, isn't it? But he said, but I was ashamed to do that request when I had already said the hand of the Lord is upon his people. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you need to be ashamed to ask for help from the world when you have already said that your God can do it. Are you getting that? Yes. This man had an option of asking the king to provide soldiers that would protect them along the way. Now he thought, how am I going to give testimony here? Hmm? Because if soldiers protected you, and now you say the angels were protecting you, are those soldiers angels? Huh? Don't confuse things. If soldiers have protected you, you must say the soldiers have protected you. If angels protected you, then you say the angels have protected you. Amen? So he says, I was ashamed to ask the king an escort of soldiers and, and, and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the way. Because we had already said a word to the king. We said the hand of our God is upon us. Amen. Some of you, even in your homes, you have declared a lot of things by faith to your relatives. You told them a lot of things about what your God can do. And now, when your backs are against the wall, now you think, should I change? What do I do? What about this option? Because if you go for the other alternative, they would be surprised. But you just told us this. Okay? It's like when you are teaching children to believe God. And you're saying, my children, in this family, we believe God to meet our needs. Now the child comes to you and say, Mama, I'm asking for the school fees for this and this. It will be this amount. And you know you don't have it at that moment. Can I give you a tip? Don't say, I have it or I don't have it. Just say, my child, you know in this family we walk by faith. My God will 
provide. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord our provider. Amen. That's what Abraham did, isn't it? When he knew that the sacrifice was this boy, he didn't say it's you or it's not you. He just said the Lord himself will provide. The Lord himself knows how to solve this problem. In this family, we are trusting God. So now here he says, the hand of the Lord is upon us. So he will protect us. Verse 23. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Oh, I like God. When you believe him, he will never disappoint you. Amen. Even when people say you are an extreme, just believe God. Just trust him. See what he can do. Go to verse 31 to 32. As they were moving. Then we departed from the river of Eheva on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. And the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from the ambush along the road. Okay, now did you see? So imagine if they had soldiers with them. They would have given a wrong testimony. Isn't it? To say that the hand of the Lord was upon us, he delivered us from the end of the enemy and the ambush along the road. So he said, no, I'm afraid, I'm ashamed to ask the king for this. I want to trust God. So when it's done, then you know it is God. And that's what he did. We're seeing these examples, isn't it? These things are written so that we may also believe. These are witnesses who have gone before us to encourage us and stir us in our faith. Amen. Let me take two more examples quickly. Let's go to the book of Numbers. Chapter 13, 26 to 33. This was faith for advancing. Sometimes you know what God has promised you, and you need to go for it. But the circumstances are showing you it's not going to be possible. You need a faith like this one, of Caleb and Joshua. Where even when things look impossible, you say, we are well able. Our God will give us victory. And God will always vindicate your faith. So that you can sing the song, you are faithful, O Lord, you are faithful. Numbers 13, 26 to 33, New King James. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. It was the time after the 12 spies were sent to go and spy the land. Okay, now they are bringing back the report. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Okay, now if you look at this, they are starting to go for common sense, isn't it? Because they say, indeed, the land flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Now, nevertheless... The moment you say, but, however, nevertheless, it's not going to be possible. Because the cities are fortified. 
The people who dwell there are strong. Moreover, we saw the giants there. Mm -hmm. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So, all those ites, how many ites are facing you? You see, these ones had the Canaanites, the Jebusites, and the Hittites. You also have your ites. Hmm? Don't let your eyes stop you from your possession. Trust God. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Amen. I want the Caleb's and the Joshua's, who despite all the eyes, they will be keeping on saying, We are well able. We are well able. Can we all declare, we are well able. able. Amen. Amen. So if it was you guys, the youth, you know in the olden days there was this Musavalazo thing and so you should have some song. We are well able. Able. We are well able. Hi. Amen. So you need to be vibrant for Jesus. Be militant for Jesus. So we are well able. So we need some Caleb's and Joshua's among us. Amen. Whether it's when we say we're going to build the Lord's house, hi, 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 we are well able. Whether we're talking about your healing, hi, 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 it's possible. Amen. Amen. Be stirred up. I like Caleb and Joshua. Continue. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go okay. up. Did you see the contrast? We are able, and then we are not able. That's what happens. Even among us here, we've got the Caleb's and the Joshua's, but we also have the tents. Mm. So it just depends on which side you want to be. We will not prescribe for you, but if you are one of the ten, we will always hear you by criticizing. We will always hear you by saying it's not possible. We will always hear you by saying life is tough. When others say, I'm blessed and highly favored. When others are saying, the Lord will make a way where there seems to be no way. Then we know this one is a Caleb. This one is a Joshua. But this one is like the ten. So can I give you an assignment as we go out here? Start listening. Hmm? When people are talking with you, listen. Is he one of the ten or is he a Caleb or a Joshua? Is she one of the ten or is she a Caleb or a Joshua? Continue. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report about the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. All the people we saw. That looks like walking by the side. But what did the word say? Because God had said he's giving you the land. Now you are living to look at the word. You are looking at what you are seeing. Mm-hmm. There we saw the okay. giants. There we saw. Again, walking by sight. You can see this. Mm. And when you are walking by sight, you are going to be defeated. 
Tell your neighbor, if you are going to walk by sight, you are going to be defeated. Mm -hmm. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Enek came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Mm. So that's what we call a grasshopper mentality, isn't it? So they are like giants, and we are grasshoppers. Can there be a contest between a grasshopper and a giant? It's already obvious who will lose, isn't it? So they say we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Actually, they were also seeing us as grasshoppers. How did, you know, how did they know that? You see, did you know that the devil will preach to you? He will tell you things that are not there. Do you know even some of the things that cause frictions at home? Is this thing of suspense? When somebody is saying this, you think they are saying the other thing. But they didn't say it. It's your mind that's telling you that. Okay? Because you see yourself as a grasshopper, you think others are also seeing you as a grasshopper. Now we go out of here, somebody doesn't greet you, you say, I knew. I knew. It's your mind that needs to be renewed. Because if you wanted to know whether indeed that brother has got issues with you, why don't you go and greet and see him putting his hand back? Huh? Because your mind will tell you to interpret things that are not there. So, but we are not like these people, isn't it? We are like Caleb and Joshua. So just read 14, uh, verse 6 to 9. Look at Caleb and Joshua and how God deals with those who believe. We do it 6 to 9 and then 20 to 24, New King James. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephnem, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. So they were quoting that this is the land that flows with milk and honey. Mm -hmm. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Okay, so they are our bread, and the others are saying they are giants and we are grasshoppers. Mm. Can grasshoppers eat these people? Mm -mm. It means they were not seeing themselves as grasshoppers. Caleb and Joshua says, no, they are bread for us. Mm. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't fear them. Amen. Mm. They were talking about the same people. But for Caleb and Joshua, it was a different matter. So read 20 to 24. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned. Okay, so before that, so the story in between what happened is that God was very angry with this thing of always not believing. God is not impressed by people who don't believe. He actually gets angry. For the Israelites, he was saying, how long must I keep on showing them my power? Because every time I show them that I'm a living God, and they are failing to believe me. And he said, maybe it's better we finish with these people, and I start with you, Moses. We start afresh. And Moses said, but Lord, I don't think that's a good idea. I want to be a friend of God like that, man. He said, I don't think that's a good idea. You know what will happen? People will hear that You've stopped, uh, you've ended all this 
Israelites here along the way, and now you are starting afresh with me, they will say, you saw that you couldn't get them to a promised land, now you finish them along the way. So don't do that. And then the Lord said, Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your weight. Hmm. So he's saying, because you have said, and, 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 and we are partners in this, I've pardoned according to your word. Mm. Mm-hmm. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now, uh, and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I saw to their fathers. Nor shall any of these who rejected me see it. So this is what God will do. Even when we are in church like this, there are some who will see the promises come to pass and there are some who will not see them. Mm. And the the determinant is not God, it's you. Okay? He says, those who say we are not well able, we are not going to force them to be able. They won't see it. And those who say we are well able, they will definitely get it. So you choose also among us today. If you want to keep on saying we are not able, we can't do this, this, this is difficult, this, this is like this, that's what you will get. And those who say we are well able, God says, I will vindicate your faith. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 24, how God vindicates their faith. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and he has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Amen. So God will always distinguish between people who believe and those who don't believe. So I want to encourage you, those of you who are believing and trusting God for something, keep on believing. Keep on trusting God. Keep on speaking the word. When the skeptics are saying it's not possible, when the skeptics Skeptics are saying, be realistic. Keep on with the word. Keep on sticking to what is written. Amen. I want you to be encouraged with this. Amen. So we are going to conclude with the scripture that will lead us to giving. Because I really want us to to exercise our faith all the time. When you face a challenge, see it as an opportunity to believe God. When things seem not to be working out, see it as an opportunity to believe God. When you have a dream or a vision or something that you are believing God for, stick with it. Stick with it. Keep on sticking with it. Your mind will try to ask you, how will it happen? You need to say, I don't know how, I just know it will happen. Amen. Some of the things we don't know how how, how they happen. We just know they happen. Amen. I don't know how a person gets healed by just saying, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. But I've been getting healed that way all along. That's why I trust that method. It works. Amen? That's how I get healed, through the word. Mm. That's how I get healed. And it works. Amen? Because God is faithful to his word. Just do the word. Just do whatever he tells you to do. And see God doing his part.
Now we are concluding with this scripture that we will use also in giving. It's First Kings chapter 17. It was the story about Eli <coughs> Elijah. The Lord commanded him when the brook, there was famine in the land, and he said, go to, to, to this side, you will find the brook, and you can drink from the brook. And after some days, the brook dried up, and he said, move from here, go to Zarephath. There is a widow woman that I've commanded there, and he went there. He was just walking as God guided him. When last did you wait for the Lord's guidance? How often do you seek the face of God to say, Father, what must I do? Because God has got solutions for you. He just wants you to seek his face. Okay, but now look at this. From verse 8, I will read it in the King James. It says, The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you there. Okay, firstly, when God wants to do something, he doesn't depend on people. He can do it with whoever is available. Because I'm surprised when there is famine and there is lack, and now God says, I've commanded a widow woman. In my view, he should have commanded the richest man of the land. That's my common sense, isn't it? So it means God will do it with whoever is available. Amen. Because some of you, you think, <laughs> whether you are a musician or whatever thing, you say, I will not do it. I will see what will happen. I'll just sit down. Or I won't give, even when they said they're going to build the house of the Lord, I'll see what will happen. Hmm, wait and see. Wait and see. You will see that God can do things with or without you. He's been God even before you were born. He will always be God even after you are gone. Amen. So it means he's God. So now here he commands the widow woman, and he says, I've commanded the widow woman to sustain you there. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray you, a morsel of bread in your hand. Okay? So when he said, go and get me the water, she rushed quickly. So if God says he has commanded a widow woman, I think he had already revealed to her that there is my servant who's coming, whom you will need to give the bread. Okay? Now, if this is what God has said to her, and now the man of God comes and says, give me water. She thought, I'm off the hook. Quickly. As she was going, the Bible says, the man of God said, uh -uh, wait, can you bring me a morsel of bread also in your hand? And she said, as the Lord your God liveth, I don't have a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and that we may eat it and I want you to look at these words. They are profound words. Some of you you know your situation will not change even if you don't give to God. Isn't it? Mm. 
If you look at all the years that you haven't been tithing and all the years that you haven't been giving, you should have been super rich by now. If, that's, if that system that you are sticking to works, it means it doesn't work. That's why you are living from hand to mouth. So this woman here says, we want to do it our way so that we may eat it and die. So if you do it your way, you will eat it and die. Elijah said to her, fear not. Go and do as you have said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Start by obeying the word. And bring it unto me, and after that make for you and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. You see, there should always be a word that's spoken for you to believe. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house and her house did eat and died. Huh? I want you to check your Bibles. Because if she did it her way, it was going just to be her, for her and the son and they would eat and die. But when she did it God's way, it says, she went and did according to the saying, she and he and her household did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he has spoken by Elijah. I want you this to encourage you. To say, if we are going to do it our way, we will eat it and die. But if we do it God's way, he has promised us. Amen? He said when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all the other things will be added unto us. Amen? We are just going to be faithful to what he said. And some of us are witnesses of that. Been faithful in this one, and God is keeping on lifting us up. God is keeping on confirming his word in our lives. Amen. Because it works. So I'm encouraging all of us. Let's believe God. Whether it's for your own personal things that you are trusting God for, whether it's healing in your body, whether it's your financial success, whether it's your success at your school. Some of you are students. Some of you are looking for better jobs. God has already said he wants you to have a good and an expected future. Isaiah 3.10 says, I must tell you, tell the Russians, it shall be well with you. Amen? You will eat the fruit of your labor. So as you are faithful to God, may it be well with you. May things work out to your favor. May God show you his favor and be gracious to you. Amen? So we proclaim that over you. That God may show you his favor. That God may make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. We can stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard. Then after that we are going to get a song and come and bless the Lord with our substance. Whether it's your tithe, your offerings, or your building fund. You say, I'm doing this, Lord, because I love you.